podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome, people, to episode 402 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring. And and not by Rebecca Foster, because to quote her, I'm sick of fucking listening to you talk shite, so I'm off out now. Yeah, she's Um, finally had enough. Yeah, she's finally had enough. Um, She's taken the car. Weirdly, she took, like, two big fucking suitcases just to go out for a meal, so... um, I don't know where she's going for a fucking meal, uh, but that was weird. Uh, oh, so, that, yeah. Is she gone out for a meal with her female friend, Danny? Yeah, that, yeah, it was actually weirdly. That's, that's, it's odd, yeah. Um, you know, and so, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, so, yeah, um, so there's, there's no Becky here this week, um, or um, forever fuck you and bye was the text message she sent me. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, but um, we'll see. Uh, but we're going to talk about. Not one movie, not two movies, but three movies. Uh, one of which I genuinely didn't know existed until uh, Ian told me that it, it, that it did. Uh, really? <laughs> right, okay. Uh, like, 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 literally, I had no fucking clue. Uh, what, so when I WhatsApped you saying, there's a film where Mark Wahlberg dot, 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 that was the first time you'd ever heard of that. I've never heard of it. Wow. Somehow right. this film passed me by. So I blame the marketing people of Infinite. <laughs> the only reason... I I think the only reason why I knew about it was because it was the one that shot outside my office. And, like, literally, Donna was like, what are you watching? I was like, oh, Infinite. It's the Mark Wahlberg one. And she was like, is that the one they shot outside your office? And that's the only reason why either of us had any fucking conception of what it was. Yeah. So that's so we'll be talking about Infinite later. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, the much anticipated In the Heights, um, and we'll be talking about the, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, um, the the sequel that a lot of people are saying, you know, did anybody ask for this sequel? And a lot of people are going, yes, we did. Fuck off. Um, We'll also chat some of what we've been watching, if we've watched anything else. Uh, I have a couple. Um, one, uh, they're both old, older movies. Uh, not that old, but, um, but actually, like, one of them's, like, 37 years old or something like that. And the other one's, like, 30, I think, 30 years old. Um, I'd seen both of them, but one of them I enjoyed so fucking much. And I hadn't watched it since I was about maybe 10 years old. So that's going to be a fun one to chat about. Um and we'll also chat some trailers um, and news and bits like that. And a couple of questions we've got, etc. And we'll go into that. I'll get in now. Uh, we do have a Patreon. Um, this week's Patreon, you got to listen to us talk for 25... Well, say we weren't going to do a Patreon bit and then talk for 25 minutes about games. Uh, uh, we are a Pod Syndicate podcast. Uh, other Pod Syndicate podcasts are The Rewatch Project, Chinstroke vs. Punter... Uh, entertainment, landfill, his still her movie. We've been doing more playing forward as part of the bonus shows. Uh, and so, yeah, I sequel. So, you know, go and listen to those lovely podcasts. Um, and yeah, uh, also check on the YouTube channel. Uh, Mike from Ginger Butter has some great fucking interviews up there, including one he recently did with Cheryl Lynn uh, Fenn, which is fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, so go and hit that up and ting. Uh, Ian, what's been happening in the news this week? 
Zoe Kravitz is making a directorial debut with a film that she also co-wrote called Pussy Island. I would go to Zoe Kravitz Pussy Island. That film will be retitled before it comes out. I will never acknowledge um, that. I still call Cop Out a couple of dicks. It's very good. Um, yeah, I'm. I you know, she said she started writing it a few years back, and it feels like it. Like the plot apparently is she inveigles her way into a tech, no, a, like a tech giant played by Channing Tatum into uh kind of his inner circle and he invites her for a weekend away at an island with where um they find out they find out so she finds out something which is to quote deadline a bit terrifying which <laughs> feels like an odd way of putting it um but yeah i, I if if we're gonna maybe have zoe kravitz doing a get out inspired me too movie yeah why not yep I, I I do think that Zoe Kravitz at some point is going to have a, a massive breakout. Like, is going to become ridiculously huge at some I'm point. Really looking forward to seeing her Catwoman. Yeah, I think I think that could be it. Um, I, I've enjoyed everything I watched. I mean, I watched uh, the Half Delicious series last year, and it was one of the best things I watched last year. I fucking adored that, partially because of my love of the High Fidelity. Um, world i suppose is the best way to describe it uh, but yeah i will i will definitely watch anything that zoe Roberts does yeah good yeah no it's um yeah I, I was a little bit like all oh, that kind of feels like jumping on a bandwagon when i read it but you know what no like the, these fucking stories do need to be told unfortunately mm. you know I, I wish that they didn't but and i'm glad that she's doing it in obviously a fucking genre kind of context so that it's actually and hopefully entertaining you know i uh i, I no I, I very much respect that and good like really really good luck to her like uh yeah looking forward to seeing what what happens with that one mm. um kind of on a me too ben um carrie mulligan and uh zoe kazan are going to be starring as the reporters who basically wrote the articles that exploded me too um in uh, a film called she said which is um based on their be- best-selling book uh which I- i've listened to the audiobook a part of that and i need to finish it it's, it's very good um so yeah kerry mulligan and zoe kazan doing that um i'm i know mulligan is not doing it for for this reason like but that feels like it's got fucking awards attention all over it. Like mm. that film will need to be an absolute fucking train wreck if it's if it's not if it's not just going to be all over that awards season. Written by Rebecca Lenkowitz, who uh, wrote Ida from a few years back, the oh, yeah. uh, uh, Powell. Uh, uh, fucking uh the, the gentleman who directed cold war i'm so sorry i'm blanking on his um surname but um so yeah Pewelski? That, sorry he was is it it's something yes something yeah. like that yeah I, yes um but yeah that like they, they reckon there's gonna have a bit of an old president's men vibe about it and i could see that fucking yeah let's let's go yeah that yeah. that i i will 
happily watch that. Yeah, it, it's one of those, if they get that right, that could be, yeah, that could be a very, very good, very interesting movie to watch. And it, it's it's interesting. It feels like it's there's been enough time since that to actually maybe make a movie about it. Like my, I always think back to um, the WikiLeaks film that Benedict Cumberbatch was in, The Fifth Estate, mm. which, I mean, the the story of uh, of Julian Assange was not quite complete at that stage. Yeah, it was. <laughs> The, the, the race to get something to get a story told first often isn't the best idea because like you say maybe the whole story hasn't been told yet yeah i mean i, I think cumberbatch is probably very very glad that that thing basically sunk without a trace because uh yeah <laughs> that that kind of feels like it could be a little bit of a stain yeah uh, yeah um Interesting as well, uh, Rachel Weiss and Colin Farrell are going to be uh, in Todd Salons's new film, Love Child. Um, there is nothing really about the plot at this point, but uh, I would watch Rachel Weiss and Colin Farrell in a um, film directed by Tom Salons. Oh, follows a precocious kid who schemes to rid himself of his brutish dad so he can have his mum all to himself. Things go awry when a handsome stranger appears. Uh, wow, we. All right then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'll go for that. Yeah, and it's Todd Salons doing that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's gonna make like twenty pounds worldwide, um, but I, I will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a that's a, yeah that's a good point but yeah and todd salons that's a fucking that's a it's an interesting career that one's had deary me um yeah i don't know i i feel like that's oh yeah there's gonna be a sequel to greenland which i've still not seen um have you not watched greenland yet no no i just I've, I've, you know, I've just heard it's really fucking tense and, and you know, anxious. So I, I think I probably just need to be in the right mood for it. But yeah, Greenland migration. Yeah. Uh, so Rick Roman War is going to be uh, returning uh, along with a script by the films that uh, the Greenland's writer Chris Sparling and Marina Baccarin is going to be back as well. So uh, yeah, good, good on, good on bloody Jared Butler. Good on him. He's got now he's got a couple of franchises under his belt. And uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I will have watched Greenland by the time this comes out and I look forward to it. The thing is with Greenland is it's it, it's just one of those films that's a lot better than it ha has any right to be. <laughs> and the case yeah. of that, that, that's quite good. It's quite fun to watch something where you sit down and go, I think Greenland's Greenland's greatest power that it had was um not having enough of a budget to do too many special effects um and people sitting down to watch it and going oh that had a lot more heart than i thought it was gonna <laughs> yeah people liked it hey that's that's the thing that like, it was one of those ones where it just seemed to genuinely surprise people so um and, yeah. and, and like you say it is a surprise that people liked a movie <laughs> no yeah that's true 
Um, yeah, and I think I think I think that's probably it. Unless there was uh, anything else that had uh, sprung to mind for you. No, I mean there's a lot. Um, th- th- there's a lot of people who seem to be making a big deal out the fact that Kathleen Kennedy is um, one of the producers of the India- new Indiana Jones movie. Didn't she produce the other ones? Yeah, she did. That's the thing. What? <laughs> that's like so many people going. Oh, well, this is going to be shit, isn't it? Spielberg's not directing. Kathleen Kennedy's uh, as as a producer. And it's like, just rewind a second. Yes, the Spielberg one. But didn't you all hear four? Um, and, and secondly, Kathleen Kennedy direct, was produce, was producer on all of the other ones. You knobheads. Fucking whatever. It, it, it is. It's a massive, massive whatever. It's. Such a fucking oddity that the, just the, the way that people work on things, the way that people almost want something to be shit. <laughs> I hope that the new Indiana Jones movie is an absolute fucking riot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, do, so yeah, I, I just Indiana Jones, like um, that that. Uh, somebody I suppose would probably remain un- unnamed like linked me to some spoilery shit about that just in terms of like plot and title which I'm not I'm not going to talk about on here but if that stuff is true like and it's not bullshit then yeah I'm yes please yes I want it all um yeah trailers um New trailer for Space Jam. Yeah. A new legacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit less mad, but I'm still watching it going. This is gonna be it. This is this is either gonna be an incredible amount of fun or an absolute fucking mess. Apparently, it's supposed to be like 113 minutes long. And that's just like no, I don't know. No, no, you, 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 you I, yeah, it's gonna have to be really, really entertaining. There, there's gonna have be, there's gonna have to be shit happening constantly. Constantly. And maybe there will be. Yeah, it, maybe it will be one of those movies that just moves at fucking two hundred mile an hour all of the fucking that. Maybe it'll be Madagascar three. Oh god, Madagascar! What a treat that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron's gone wrong. Um, CG animated film about a kind of like a Siri in a robot, except he's thick as shit. Um, see <laughs> that that you started saying that, and I was like, oh god, here we go again. And then when you said the next bit, I was like, all right, actually, I'm actually quite interested in that. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. Um, I'll go see this with lots. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I, I will. I will Sunday morning. If I won't go and see that, um, if I can't watch it before ten forty-five. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you'll be able to. Like yeah. kids' film, it'll be on it, at ten. If I, go watch a, if I could go watch a Sunday morning at about twenty-five past ten, be home before midday for that shit. I'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. Um, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, 
Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little bit worried that it's going to be two and a half hours long. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried it, 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 that it's going to be two and a half hours long and it's going to be a little bit too stylized. Mm, mm. I I mean, uh, Chastain looks good in it. Like, Garfield looks interesting. I very, very, very jury's out on this one. Um, but it's, cool. I, I mean, directed by the guy who directed The Big Sick. That's I love, interesting. I, I love Birds, which I enjoyed both of oh, those. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this. It could be it it, it looks like it could be quite biting, um, but also quite entertaining at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I hope it's that. I hope it's that. Yeah, I I also like the fact that that, that Garfield is quietly after um, being Spider Man is quietly just fucking turning up in whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Yeah, all credit to him. He's he's obviously got all the money that he just doesn't need to worry about that stuff. And uh, you know, if, he's literally said that. Yeah, he's, he's literally said that. Um, apparently, um, what's his name? Daniel Radcliffe apparently told him, "Look, why don't you do the Spider-Man movies? You'll make enough money so you'll never need to do one for them again." Yeah, there you go. There you go. And he was like, "Fuck it, yeah." And I mean, like, if you're going to do a one for them, making a Spider-Man film, it's not bad. Yeah, and it was was very much like, you know, I also really enjoyed being Spider-Man. It was really cool going to, like, you know, going going to see kids dressed as Spider-Man and just seeing how amazed they were about it was was the best thing about it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, It's... um... I like I like Andrew Garfield. I like his career. I, I it feels like it, you know obviously he's still got decades left in him hopefully. So um yeah, let's see how that goes. And if he gets like a quiet little best supporting actor nomination out of it or something like that, then all's the better, you know. Yeah. Garfield yeah. has best supporting actor at some point in the next 20 years without questions written all over him, don't I? Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Um New trailer for Free Guy. Uh, it's going to be my birthday film, this. Um, quite looking forward to that, because I think lots will be up for it as well, because of the whole video game aspect of it. So, And uh, I, I think Donna wants to watch it. So, uh, yeah. Um, looking forward to Free Guy. I think it's going to be a three out of five. I don't think it's going to do anything fucking exceptional whatsoever. But I think it'll be a fun couple hours. Yeah. That, that, all, all I want is... is out of free guy is to open letterbox afterwards and go 3.5 bump <laughs> yeah yeah 3.5 oh god i'd be really happy with that yeah absolutely yeah um and i will just say as well i watched a fucking awful featurette about the new ghostbusters where it was ivan and jason reitman talking about it being a family legacy and all i could think of was you did not want to fucking direct this. You cannot fucking get away with now saying, oh, it was such a privilege and honour to continue doing this. You're only doing it because none of your fucking films have hit in years. Didn't, didn't he literally once it, say in an yeah. interview, you'll know that I've hit rock bottom when they asked me to do a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, it, yeah, it was something like that. You know, I've run out of ideas when I'm doing a Ghostbusters or something like that. It's this, this fucking featurette, man. It's cringy. It's uh, yeah. Oh. I, I'm still looking forward to, to the Ghostbusters one, simply because I'm happy to spend two hours in the company of Paul Rudd. Yeah, 
yeah i I like the thing the tone of it it's like if they're going for this it's going to be about the passing of the torch and it's going to be kind of like respectful of what was before and melancholic no do you know what give me fucking melissa mccarthy Kristen wig leslie jones and kate mckinnon give me that i want that shit yeah it was that was a lot of fucking fun and it was only downplayed because small little fucking man babies can't control themselves including jason reitman sorry like he was very like critical about that as well you know and he's like like the whole kind of like i'm doing what i think should be done with fuck off it's a career move this is the thing that fuck it just it fucks me off so much that he's then saying oh i'm doing it because i I really want to work with my dad and it's you know i'm honored to be doing this and it's 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 a career move and yep. I I don't hope it's shit, but if it's shit, I hope that he gets the requisite blame for it. Yeah. You hope that yeah. You hope that you hope that the, 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 the film gets by but everyone goes, That was really fun. Badly directed though. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'd be yeah, I'd be happy. I yeah, I don't I don't like Jason Reitman, he annoys me. So it it, it kind of I, I will say that openly. Yeah, um, I, I can I, I can agree with that. He is he is the he is the Max Landis of the Reitman family. Yeah, I mean I I don't know. I mean maybe you know I'm sure he hasn't got a black soul like Max Landis. No, but but, but yeah, fuck up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, any more? Cause I've got a couple. I've got a couple more. No, you go ahead, dude. Um. The new, I finally watched the new trailer in the cinema for um, Black Widow. Yeah, actually, no, I saw that as well. It's slightly different. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, best trailer for it so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it makes it actually look like a film that is that um, that is happening now, rather than a film <laughs> that they lost for years uh, and that should have come out in between. <laughs> Endgame and um, in between uh, Civil War and Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a lot of that about it, but this actually looks like it could be. It makes it like it could be a little bit of fun, whereas the other ones tried to make it look fun, and I just watched it and went, I don't know whether I want to. I, I don't think I, I need to watch this. Yeah, I mean it's uh, three and a half weeks away at this point, and I'm looking forward to seeing it big and loud. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. Um, other ones from me. Um, Midnight in Switchgrass. Uh, the um, latest Megan Fox. Yeah, the latest Bruce Willis turned up. Um, oh God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it looks like it, he charged extra um, to not just sit down. So they, they paid the Bruce Willis stands up premium. Oh, that's they cool. also. Went fucking full hog and paid the Bruce Willis will take more than two steps premium. Okay. Um, but it's got Emil Hirsch in it as well. It, it's a decent looking trailer. Film might be absolute garbage. Don't is that Machine wrong. Gun Kelly? Yes, Machine Gun Kelly is in it as well. Yeah. Oh, him and Megan Fox reuniting after that um, my bloody Valentine video. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and of course they are an item. Oh, what are they? Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, they, 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 are, they, they are. They are. They are. They are a thing. Right. Fine. 
Um, yeah, they, they will actually they met on on the set of this movie. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, okay. What I will say is, uh, hmm. I, I I I like Machine Gun Kelly's uh, music. I like his um, his lit up rap stuff, and I really liked uh, his Tickets to My Downfall, the movie he did with uh, the movie the, the album he did with Travis Baker, um, which essentially is like a Blink One Eight Two album. Uh, yes. It's quite a lot of fun. Uh, I also like the fact that he unabashedly takes on the rap world by um, supporting trans rights, um, wearing pink, and he's and, and coming out and going, I don't see why it's such a fucking big deal that I'm wearing pink. So now I'm gonna just constantly wear pink to just piss off the right, that bad side of the rap community. <laughs> Interesting dude is Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I also love the fact that occasionally his Instagram is just him and his daughter on holiday. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and, it, and him just being a dad. Um, there was also a really last thing I say about it. There was a really cool uh, YouTube video that actually um, got taken down uh, because the writer of the song who holds the rights is a prick um so yeah he he was outside one of his gigs and a little he was walking out and there was a girl like a, a young girl sort of waving at him um from outside the gig and he kind of goes over and starts chatting to her and she's like oh no i wanted to come and see you but i couldn't get in because i'm under 14 and this kid's like about eight yeah <laughs> and he, he goes all right um cool going i mean you really shouldn't be listening to my music anyway. <laughs> um, but it's cool. And she goes, oh. And he says, oh, what's your favourite song of mine? And she says, oh, Champagne Supernova. And rather than going, that's not actually my song, he goes, oh, from the YouTube channel. And she's like, yeah. He makes one of his guys go off and get a guitar. Yeah. Sits down next to her and plays Champagne Supernova for her. <laughs> oh fucking hell! I mean, uh, yeah, good, good. And it's like, and then, but the video's now been taken down off YouTube because of the owner of the rights to the song. Will say is a prick. I ever so slight tangent. That yep. is some oh how the mighty have fallen shit going on with fucking Noel Gallagher, isn't it? Oh, he's just a Jesus. He's, he's a gobshite. <laughs> It, it's the thing is it's um it, he's done a a big interview with the sun hasn't he mm. um did you see liam's comments on it yeah of just going tells you everything you need to know the fucking sun yeah and it's just yeah it really is he is fucking hell i genuinely <laughs> the um all the guy got the high flying birds have been around for 10 years and they've got a best of that's just come out um and he was the ambassador for record star day weirdly uh he also released the album as part of record star day but the album is just going to be out on general release from this friday as well um but you could get a record Star day exclusive um but I wouldn't be able to name you a single Noel no. Gallagher and the High Flying Birds song. I was just trying to think of that, to be fair. And, and, and I should be the prime target audience because growing up, I was a huge Oasis fan. You know, those first three albums were a big fucking deal mm. for me. Um, mm. But I've got both of Liam's albums. 
Yeah, I just it it, it is one of those you live long enough, like you live long enough, you see yourself become the villain kind of things yeah. with Noel Gallagher. Like he's just so now just part of the firmament that it it feels like any like any kind of like challenges to what is kind of established and what is what like culture has made him successful it just seems it, it, like, it seems to be rallying against it it's so fucking disappointing that's it you you can't the thing is you can't constantly keep using your working class background as a a reason for why you can comment on working class issues when you have been a millionaire for 30 years yeah yeah you know and and, and you know all power to you you've become a millionaire you, you know and Noel Gallagher is a very, very talented songwriter. You know, he just is. Um, but constantly referring to yourself as, ah, oh, just a working class lad from, from Manchester. Like, cool. But you you live in a four million pound townhouse in, in Notting Hill and have for 30 years. So... I mean, fuck off. I mean, the, 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 at least with Liam, he doesn't pretend like that. That his like his opinions are newsworthy enough to be in the fucking sun or whatever. You know, he has a laugh on Twitter. He kind of like he knows his lane and he's not trying to get out of his lane. And it's just like he's just doing his thing. He loves the fact that people fucking love him. Yeah. I, and he I, just, uh, yeah. His comments about, um, you know, um, the whole, what's it, Man City losing the Champions League, you know, um, oh, on the, you know, the day after um, the Blues lose the Champions League, uh, your daughter decides to announce that she's uh, <laughs> dating a Liverpool player. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, could things get much worse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i i i i don't know i i respect that i think it would be nice if more people in the public eye just didn't fucking tell us what they think all the time yeah there, there, there is an element of that there is a there's an element of a, a, a few things where musicians actors footballers anybody uh can have any kind of comment on um on anything, you know, they can comment on politics, yeah, I, I, can comment on all is, of I, these things. I, 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 however, yeah. how, however, there is also they have to make themselves aware that people then are allowed to, if they do put their hand above parapet, can then point at them and go, "You're an idiot." <laughs> that's no. Do you know what? I think that that was more what I what I was oh, trying that, to that's get exactly at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. You know, what Marcus Rashford has done in the last year, you know, like a football allegiance aside, like that is some fucking. One of the big shames of role model shit. Yeah. One of the big shames, genuinely, um, of no fans being allowed in football stadiums um, this season or the majority of this season, etc., was there was genuinely, um, you know, when. Manchester United played Liverpool. Marcus Rashford 
when his name was announced before the game, would have got a standing ovation from the entire stadium. And that, that would have happened. That wasn't, a, that wasn't, a, that isn't me, what is it? They wouldn't, yeah, there would have been some Liverpool fans who would have been like, nah, it's too far for me. But I would have said the vast, vast majority would have stood up and gone, do you know what? Fuck it. Football inside, this guy deserves this. And that level of statement, if you would have had 54,000 people in unison in one of the biggest rivalries in football and the biggest rivalry in football in this country, standing in unison to clap one guy for what he fucking did for young um, working class people would have been an incredible visual statement. Yeah. 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 I, it, uh, I, 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 yeah. Anyway, I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, oh, I, I hope that he gets to score a couple of goals in the Euros. That would be nice. I fucking, and fair play to Raheem Sterling as well. So fucking glad he got a goal. And it's just like, hopefully putting some hoodoo behind him. Yeah. Um, anyway. Gunpowder milkshake. Yeah, great fucking title for a movie. Mm. Makes no sense. I hope I hope it has no parlance within the film whatsoever, and it's just this is a cool title because it's a fucking great title for a movie. Um, I'll watch. Yeah, I, I will watch Karen Gillan uh, being a, 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 a badass for ninety-eight minutes. I uh, I will very much drink Karen Gillan's gunpowder milkshake. Yep. Um, I, I, it literally it's out in like a couple of weeks that isn't it yeah I, it's it's weird I don't it's Netflix in the US I don't think it is over here I think it's actually coming out in cinemas but I don't really know what the the plans are for that right, but... Studio Canal over here yeah yeah so it'll be out some but I, I'd like to see it big yeah yes yeah, same here uh, um, very quick question yeah if you were Batman would you eat out Catwoman yeah, Castle Water Mahero. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, where's. I've lost my tabs. I've lost my tabs. <laughs> Where are my tabs gone? Um, oh, go on. Final one. Uh, die in a gunfight. Die in a gunfight. Yes, that is That's a great title. title. Right? I watched the trailer for this twice, right? <laughs> because I watched it once, got to the end of it, and went. I have no idea what that film was about. And I've just watched a two-minute trailer for it. So I watched it again. I still don't know what it's about. I think it might be a new telling of uh, Romeo and Juliet. But I'm not entirely sure. Hang on, I'm pulling this up. Can I get some subtitles in this motherfucker? i got a Welsh YouTube ad. Amy Jingalarins. Is that Welsh or English? No, okay. Um, right, okay, so they're not invited to a party, he meets a girl, why does it all look like it's all been ADR'd? It does, doesn't it? Why does the guy look like he might be Aaron Taylor-Johnson, but isn't? (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, so the families don't like each other, but... Two of them are shagging each other. Right. 
Is that Alexander uh, Alexandra Daddario? It is. It is Alexandra. Uh, I need a better agent, Daddario. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. It causes a scandal. Scandal. Yeah. Are you Are you getting the whole um, Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, Romeo and Juliet thing. To an extent. Yeah. There's some punching. Right. He wants to die in a gunfight. Okay. It's... Right. Okay. So they're, they're in some sort of trouble. Yep. They're, they're escaping. I mean, I'm assuming this is VOD. Oh yes, this this cannot exist in the cinema. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be illegal. Right. But they are going to piss a lot of people off because they're shagging each other. That's already been established. Yeah, it has. Yeah, we 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 you know in the trailer we saw Alexandra's Dadarios. What? Right, okay, that trailer is awful. It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> it makes no sense. So, I mean, they establish in the first 30 seconds the families don't like each other, but they're shagging each other. And then the rest of it is just random shots of people being shot or punched. Yep. And them running away together. But then I'm just... I mean, yeah, that looks bad. Yeah, I mean, I will watch the shit out of it. I know you will. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but it looks bad. I, I like the fact that at one point it does it does go from director uh, Colin Ship. It's like, who? <laughs> they may as well just stuck in visionary director because like, it's not like you have to legitimise that. Yeah, you don't have to legitimise that. Literally, you can be the visionary director of your first movie. <laughs> Uh, but that's yeah, that, that that's it for trailers. Should we, should we move into uh, reviewing a movie? Why the fuck not? Let's go. What are we doing? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Washington Heights, Ian. All right, let's go to Washington Heights. So Washington in the Heights uh, is directed by um, John M. Chu. Yeah, the weird thing is, I'm looking. That's the thing. I'm looking at it. It's directed by John M. Chu, but on the Wikipedia, because I have Wikipedia open, so I can remember people's names. It's, yeah. it's directed by Fred Herbert, and I looked at it and went, "What? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird." Fred Herbert was a pitcher in Major League Baseball who made starts for the 1915 New York Giants. Hang on, is someone actually fucked with the In the Heights Wikipedia to make it seem like a baseball pitcher directed it? Massive respect for that man slash woman. Good. Yeah, so it's from um, Johnny uh, um, Chu uh, and is um, based on the um, stage play, which was written by um, Lima Wolverine and Quiera um, Algera Hudes. Mm-hmm. I've just butchered the fuck out of that name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it has people in it. And those people, Anthony Ramos, Corey Hawkins, Leslie Grace, um, Melissa Barrera uh, and Jimmy Smits is in there, and other people are also in it. Uh, Lynn Manuel turns up and um, yeah, sells some ice. Sells ice uh, and then sabotages a another small business owner to sell more ice in the post credits. 
so in, in, in now tradition for Mark, I'm going to read what the IMDb plot synopsis is for this movie. Very because wise. I love these, because sometimes they're just not the movie. Yeah. <laughs> a film version of the Broadway musical in which Usnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner, saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life. Yeah. That's not too far off it. Um, so, I think... It's fair to say um, that all three of us, uh, and I'll give at the end I'll say what Becky um, text and said to say what she said about these mo- about these movies for each of the movies that we're reviewing. Yeah, uh, we were all quite pumped for this, weren't we? I was insanely fucking jazzed for it. Yeah, and I was yep. I, I, I was yep. I was very much up for it. Um, I can tell you the precise moment where um, my my chutzpah uh, for it kind of diminished slightly. Mm. Uh, it was when I looked at the runtime and went, huh? Uh, but Ian, did it get anywhere near the heights that you were expecting? Um, I, it honestly gives me no fucking pleasure um, uh, to talk about this film. In, in all honesty, um, you know, uh, long time listeners will know how much I've been looking forward to this and how I thought it was going to make all the money in the world. Um, I've been proven wrong on both points, uh, to be honest. Um, I really didn't like In the Heights. Like, y- yeah. Um, to be clear, I think Anthony Ramos is fucking great. Uh, He is super charming. I will watch that guy do a lot, you know, in a lot of things. And, you know, he will get cast in a lot of things. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he what he does. You know, and I think Corey Hawkins as well. uh, Really, like, really charming. Um, I'll be honest. I think that's kind of where my uh, points that I liked it kind of end <laughs> um this film looks like garbage and i was stunned by that i don't think it was just that the bulb was uh, dim or I don't, I don't think it was that it is you you pointed this out mark so i am gonna steal this point and i apologize but there is some really rough green screen in this. There is some rough green screen in it, yeah. Um, the 96,000 number, mm-hmm. if it's a cloudy day, do you reckon you could maybe, I don't know, CG out the clouds and give it some fucking vibrancy? Like that's all they were talking about. seen as for that specific reason for why they're all at the pool is it's supposed to be so, a bit hot there. So fucking hot. It looks like it's a balmy 15 degrees centigrade. <laughs> it does. Um, and I mean, uh, yeah. Um, there is there is a sequence in this film which I think is I I am fucking embarrassed for the filmmakers. The old lady sings a song about her life and then takes the subway tunnel up to heaven. I. 
I'm going to say my bit quickly about the old lady and, and, and a thing about why I, and this is genuine, I am not taking the piss and I'm not being unnecessarily mean. There's a moment early on with the old lady, um, I think it's maybe the second time we see her, where um, the, uh, is it Nina? Um, she waves at Nina when Nina's first come back. Yeah. And it cut to her, and I genuinely promise, I my brain went, was that Danny Aiello? And that <laughs> was it. I could, and I know that Danny Aiello's been dead for a couple of years, but I could not anymore get the fact that the old lady reminded me of Danny Aiello throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I, yeah no, I mean, I think that's 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 fair. I, it's And I have it on good authority um actually I'll, I'll just say it i was speaking to andrew jones via dm and he was saying that her dying doesn't happen at that point in the fucking musical and all i was thinking was that is some heightened melodrama musical bullshit and it turns out that that was actually something they chose specifically for the film that she dies at that point mm. fuck off fuck off like it's i I I don't want to. The thing is, the people who love this film are going to love it. And you know, if 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 you are feeling like you are being represented in this film, that's that's great. I wish you were being represented in a in a better film. And yeah, also that runtime is an absolute piss take. It's yeah. but and it, the thing is, it, I, I'm nearly done. It's sprawling. There's like quite a lot of characters who you have to keep up with through this film. But what what actually happens to them is so inconsequential by the end of the film. And it brings up like the, the one fucking thing about like uh, the, the lad. And it turns out that spoilers that he's like undocumented. And then, OK, I'm going to go and fight for the dreamers. And then that goes to absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to use this money to fight for your doc, your status to live here goes to nothing. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, even like the, the main guy, I don't particularly want him to get with Vanessa because him and Vanessa are like chalk and cheese. He's lovely. She's really hard work. Like, no, no. I it uh, bad film bad film no good um I will say I think what I will say is Becky is very much on the same page as you <laughs> I think I maybe liked it more than than, than yourself and, and and Becky did like I said and who I, the fuck would have seen that coming sorry Mark like yeah, I I just cannot stress how fucking disappointed I am that I'm saying this. Well, Bex said um, didn't hear uh, in the heights, but expected much better. Is what she said about it. Um, there was at one point where Becky um, at, at the end of it did go turn on me and said, "Why um, why did that movie last a week?" <laughs> I mean, I went into it thinking a, that it was all all set on one day for some reason. So I was quite I was quite weirded out the first time there was like someone changed costume because I was like, why have they got? Ch- oh, oh wait, this isn't all on one day. 
And then I had to keep telling myself, because of the Danielle thing, it isn't do the right thing, Mark. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, it's there's Anthony Ramos is is good and he's charming, uh, but his character seems to be making a really weird choice. You know, the problem yeah, is yeah. The, the the thing is, and, and I'm not going to I mean tread very carefully with the way I'm explaining this is. The whole idea of the movie is supposed to be around the fact that these people feel powerless. There is literally a song in there of them saying that. And the whole metaphor of the power going out is 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 quite literally behind that. Honk! Um, Do you get what I'm going for here? Honk! We yeah. are powerless! Honk! Yeah. And when they are literally singing it during a power cut was a little bit like, we get it. We really do. Um, I'll get onto that song later because that one pissed me off. <laughs> um, right. But the problem is the way that the movie's also trying to be quite floaty and breezy and, uh, and colourful, etc., and things like that, is at no point does it actually make it look like their lives are anything but quite nice. <laughs> really quite nice. You know, nice community. He Everyone gets on to... with each other. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. he wants to go and open this bar in uh, Dominican Republic because they were the best days of his life, right? But he, see, but he owns this bodega that seems to be quite nice and it seems to be all right, you know? And yeah, I get it that, that he then comes to that realisation and that is that is, is, is art and that's fine, right? But that was my first bit. The first moment where I thought, I really like the opening number. Um, it's really good. It's really punchy. I like it. Um, the shitty title card um, made me go, ooh, why, why haven't you filled the screen with In the Heights and just massively fucking filled the screen? Why have you done it that looks like I, th- I texted you and said, why did the title card look like it was made on the light version of an app? Yeah. yeah. Um, but Ramos is is good. There's too many fucking songs in this. There just is. I get it, the Broadway musical that is different, and if this is a musical. I'm not somebody who dislikes musicals. I like musicals. Um, but when you have such a distinct pattern to your songs as Lin Manuel Miranda has, every song starts to sound the same. So hum me something from in the heights. I mean, that's it. They're all the same. I can't I can't do it because they're all based around a patter. But do Benny and Nina need two fucking songs? Mm. They don't. They don't need a song where they start climbing up the fucking walls. That is literally makes you as the viewer start climbing up the walls because the movie isn't ending. I liked it when people climbed up the walls in Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. It's not very impressive in In the Heights. No, it's not. Um, Jimmy Spitz doesn't get a big number. Why? Good morning, Gusnavi. That's yeah, about it. That's it. He should get a big number. Um, the kid who plays, is it Sonny? Yeah. Um, I like all of his numbers. 
the yeah the old woman dying bit was 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 terrible um but it does it, it the 96,000 number um is like it, 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 that and uh is it what's it called uh carnival de barrio which i will get to in a moment um i suppose the big the big showstoppers for it but you've got bad cgi in one and then i'll get to the other one in a second um the probable most recognizable face within this movie is probably um stephanie beatrice right yeah from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. yeah. She is uncategorically fucking awful in this. She's playing it very big. That's she's playing it too she's big. Being Everything told is to her just going big. teeth and eyes. Yeah. Teeth and eyes. Yeah. You, for anybody who watches um Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the character that she's playing in this is when she jokingly plays the opposite of whatever a character is called uh, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I stopped watching it a couple of series ago. Rosa. It, Rosa, because it just got shit. Um, a, a, a series that should have ended when it originally got cancelled, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is. Uh, uh, disagree, but moving on. Uh, yeah, once they started putting beeps in for swear words because it moved uh, stations that it was on, it was a bit like... Um, it's it keeps threatening to have some kind of weight, but yeah, doesn't. I, there's no punch at all to it. There's maybe punch, and then the Carnival de Barrio song, this big song about celebrating um, all of the you know the mixture of. Um, of Caribbean influences uh, and South American influences that are all around that neighbourhood, you know, the Mexicans, the Puerto Ricans, the Dominicans and the Cubans are running through that, all happens because the owner of a salon has a paddy because nobody is saying bye to her. Yeah. (laughs) That's a really good point. She's the one who starts it, isn't she? Because she's having a paddy because they're moving salons out of out of the heights, out of out of their little corner. She's moving out of there to somewhere further away. So no longer is going to be part of the community. This community that she's then going to sing about how amazing it is. And because they don't go and give her this big send off that she thinks she deserves. She has a paddy and tells them all off until they start singing at her. It, it is the more I'm talking about this movie, the more I, I I'm thinking that it, it's just a bit, it's a bit nasty. And you are right, you are absolutely right. Um, Usnavi and Vanessa. By the way, Vanessa, favorite character the entire fucking thing. Uh, I mean, 100% your kind of woman. Yep. Right. Their relationship is toxic as fuck. Uh-huh. Right. They they they. Finally go on a date because not he he asks for a date. His his cousin basically says, My mate fancies you. Yeah. Right? They go on a date to which there's then this really weirdness of he tries to play it cool and say that she can dance with this guy that's hitting on her. Um and then gets jealous that she is dancing with this guy that's hitting on her, so then tries to dance with somebody else to make her jealous. 
And then she chews him out about disappearing when the blackout happens. And they fall out. And then the next scene, they're talking to each other again. And then when eventually they do kiss, they have an argument because he's moving away and she thinks that he's running away. And then in the next scene, they're together and have three kids. Bad film. Bad it film. Is. Bad film. It's a bad... It, it's, it, it, it's a bad film. It's poorly staged. It looks like it both cost quite a lot and didn't cost enough. Um, the runtime feels like if it wasn't Lin-Manuel Miranda, they would go, you cut those numbers out right fucking now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I... Did you, did you, did you stay for the, the closing credits sequence? I know what it is. Yeah. Basically... I was out the fucking door, mate. Yeah. I, yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda's character essentially sabotages another small business owner's character, uh, ice cream truck. So that everyone has to buy ices from him. And then seemingly hands him a glass of piss. Good stuff. Yeah. It's really odd. In the Heights, he's not very good, is he? It, no, it just it, it isn't. And all that we are going to get for at least the next, at least until Fast 9 comes out, is people talking about the box office but also saying that we shouldn't talk about the box office um and yeah i i had i got home and i had to look on letterbox to see if there were other people that agreed and it's very very well liked but there are people who are like yeah it's no you know there 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 are people like that as well and I I'd like to think that that that's not bad faith stuff. This isn't this isn't a bad faith review. I was really looking forward to it. You know, we watched Hamilton last year. It was my first experience of Hamilton, and I fucking loved it. Um, this I mean, this was originated as essentially Lin Manuel Miranda's student thesis, mm. uh, and it's like, yeah, this is the thing you did before Hamilton, isn't it? It's a little bit like that. I I, I just think that I, I think. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is a very, very talented guy. I like him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like him. I think maybe he needs to not be in his own stuff as much, a little bit. I mean, he's yeah. I mean, to be fair, if if it was made ten years ago and it was supposed to be he was going to be in the Ramos role. Oh yeah. This was the right decision. Yeah, and, 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 and you know he he's he stays out of the limelight and doesn't ever try to really pull focus and I think that's pretty cool but I like the guy when I've listened to interviews with him you know I, I, I he good seems dude. like a good dude I and again very very talented but I just don't think that I'm tuned into his style I I I just I can't help but think this is a bit holy fucking shit we've got something by the guy who did Hamilton and it can be a film. We're going to let whoever he wants to have do whatever the fuck they want, do whatever the fuck they want. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I this this is at least 20 minutes too long. There are a number of songs that you could cut out. Yeah. And all it would do is improve the film. The, the, the most impressive bit of the entire movie for me was um was how 
uh, Melissa uh, Barrier, uh, who played Vanessa, her dancing was incredible. Yeah, uh, apparently she is like a dancer, and yeah. I think this might be her first film role. And Bex literally tapped me on the shoulder, Jonah, and went, oh, she's the talented girl in it, is she? Yeah, yeah. Because Leslie Grace, if you're going to be in a musical, you should pick somebody who can sing. Is she Nina? Yes. Yeah, all right. Especially when you're going to put him up against Corey, Corey Hawkins, who can sing like a motherfucker. He's fucking, he's charming, man. Like, seriously, Anthony Ramos and Corey Hawkins, no fucking shade on them whatsoever. Like, they elevated everything else around them for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am, I think, I'm, I, I think I've gone from that touching cloth to a shit. I, I'm, I'm firmly in shit. And I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I do wonder if I wasn't looking forward to it so much, would I be as... But no, I mean, it just, I think it's a bad film. Like, uh, that, that is That's just... It. It's way too long as well. Um, our audience poll, uh, definitely shit, 45%. Okay. Touching Cloth, 18%. Mm. Shit, 27%. And Geostorm, 10%. So that's fucking interesting, that is. That's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, as I always say with, with things, I am really glad that people are really enjoying this and it's yeah. clicking with them, is what I will say there. It's not objectionably, no, this is a bad movie. It's just, I think it's a bad movie. Yeah, and it, it just, I think it's a bad film. I, like, but... I hope that people who think it's a good film, and to be fair, Andrew, like the conversations I've had with him, because he's disappointed I didn't like it, but he's been fucking respectful as shit about the fact I didn't like it. Um, if you don't like it, I hope, and, and, and as long as you're not doing it in a fucking mean-spirited way, I hope people are then not, well, you don't like it because of X, Y, and Z, when it's just like, you didn't like it because you've got legitimate reasons not to like it. Mm. Yeah, like... This is a film that I think people could be very annoying about on both sides. And oh. maybe people maybe people have found me annoying when when talking about it. But I I will just to be ultra clear, I was really fucking looking forward to it. I wish no ill will of anyone involved in it, but I think that they let too many people make the wrong decisions with how this was brought to the screen. Yep. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, Luke? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million times. Absolutely. Times, Nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. 
Farscape. Quantum Leap. So giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So... With that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzilla as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Um, so, we'll move on from that. I'm gonna I need a pee. Sorry. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go for a pee. Uh, right. I'll, I'll, I will waffle. Um, oh, okay. I'll show up. I'll waffle there. Wow. Okay, uh, cool. I'll let you... What I'll do, uh, uh, folks, is I, 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 I'll tell you about my Record Store Day experience. So, as I will have said on this podcast, I'm a, a record collector. Uh, record Store Day is, um, a, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it's a day where independent record stores get given exclusives um, from various artists and bands and things like that um, that are only available to independent record stores, and they're normally in limited quantities uh, for those there. Um, you can't buy these things online for the first day of it, um, but after a certain time, they can start to be ordered online. But places you will not find places like Amazon Cats, Dot These, uh, HMV, um, uh, other large scale retailers can't stop them there just for independence. And often um, they are, like I say, in limited quantity. Um, so I got up uh, and went to one of my local um, record stores. Um, the one that I normally go to wasn't stocking the the, the three that I had picked out, uh, but the uh, another local uh, record store to myself uh, was stocking all three of them. So I set off, opened at eight in the morning. I got in the queue at um, at five to eight. <laughs> I think I was about number 40 in the queue. Uh, by the time they opened at eight o'clock, uh, there was approximately about 300 people, I think, in the, the queue, maybe. Um, so it's a good old, a good old queue. Uh, eventually got in about 25 past half past eight. So I was queuing for about an hour and 35 minutes. Uh, got in, got my records. Uh, Got out, uh, went and uh, went to a bakery um, uh, and got some bakery food from a a, a local uh, small business owner uh, bakery. 
uh, came back and then proceeded to sit and listen to my records. Uh, I got a Schwede Love and Poison, which is a Schwede live album, uh, Rage Against Machine Battle of Mexico City, uh, which is a live Rage Against Machine album, and uh, Bernard Butler's debut album, People Move On, the first time ever on vinyl. Uh, weirdly as well, the Schwede and the Bernard Butler are both clear vinyl. Um it used to be a thing with vinyl collectors that uh, anything other than black vinyl uh, was criticised for its sound quality. Uh, not a thing anymore. Uh, to be honest, the process of making them is is, is so refined now that, um, that the sound quality is fantastic. Uh, sometimes live albums on vinyl can sound a little bit iffy, but the, the sound quality in these is incredible. Uh, and then the Rage Against the Machine one is on like a teal vinyl. Uh, well, are you talking about record store day purchases? Yes. Oh yeah, please carry on, please. Uh, and the other one, and the other one, the Rage the Machine. One of the uh, LPs is a teal, and the other one's like a red colour, uh, which is kind of fucking cool. Um, so yeah, very, very happy with my purchases. Um, had a, a great moment when I was chatting to a girl uh, that was in the queue behind me, because uh, obviously just sat there for a, a long amount of time. Um, and so everyone's in this big long queue, and I just sat down on like the edge of like the fucking curb, and like loads of people kind of looked and went. Yeah, well, we could do that. And I was like, well, we're not moving, are we? No one's moving. We're literally just going to be here for like the next hour in yeah. this place because the store doesn't open yet. Uh, I got talking to the, this uh, lady that was behind me in the queue and sort of the key question you ask is, is oh, well, what, what are you here for? And I was like, oh, what are you here for? She said, I'm here for Beastie Boys. Um, and I was like, all right. Uh, that's actually been moved to the next one in July. And she was like, okay. She said, I'm here for the Elastica. Which I described as because it's expensive, the Elastica singles collection it was, and it was like um, I think it was like eight LPs in one, but all seven inches, and it was fifty one pounds. Uh, and so I referred to it as a spicy meatball. Nice. <laughs> um, to which she just this woman uh, just sort of looked at me and went, "What?" It's like it's a spicy <laughs> meatball that one. She's like, "What? What does that mean?" It's like. It's expensive, isn't it? She's like, I have never heard <laughs> of anything be referred to. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> I was like, she has oh. now. Like, you can have that I, one I, for free. <laughs> it, it makes me laugh. People have started using it in work, and they're like, <laughs> as Ian says, that's a spicy meatball, which I fucking love. Yeah. Well, that 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 woman will now, without question, be using that phrase. Yeah, um, straight up. That's brilliant, man. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Oh, and I'm also here for the suede." And I was like, "All right." To which my my brain went, "Oh, fucking hell! She better not get in before me." And then my, the other part of my brain went, "She's literally behind you in the queue, you fucking dumbass." I was like, and then when I told her what I was there for, she was like, "Ah, oh, so you're gonna be a gentleman uh, then uh, if you get in there and it's the last suede." And I kind of laughed and went. <laughs> No, no, I'm not going to be. It's like, really, you're going to take the last suede after I told you that, that that's one of the ones I'm here for? It's like, yes, it will be a lesson learned that you should have got here earlier. <laughs> Luckily, I will say there wasn't. There was enough copies left for her. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was fun. It's quite cool. Um, the, it, it, it's a big thing. There are some people who get a little bit sniffy about record store day uh, within the record collecting community. Um, I, I don't really get it. The idea of getting sniffy. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But um, yeah, it's 
it's weird. It, it does seem to be a divisive thing within the what is it? Um, I I don't only buy records from these stores on Record Store Day. I go into them frequently. Um, so yeah, I think that is that's kind of the the idea behind it. The people in the front of the queue have been there since four in the morning. Bloody hell. Yeah. Well, that'd be fair play, man. That's some dedication. That's dedication. I, I wouldn't do that. Just wouldn't. Couldn't couldn't justify it to myself. But it, it, it kind of shows what some of these things mean to people. So that 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 that's yeah. pretty cool, I think. Yeah, fair play. Um so moving on to another thing that, that means a lot to people. Uh I'm gonna save the big hitter uh, till last, till after we've done our what we've been watching. But uh, Infinite is a film that I heard of less than a week ago. Uh, and uh, the Ian's building is within the movie. Uh, and weirdly, it's directed by Anton Fuqua. Um, so I should have heard of it. And it stars mm. um, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, Rupert Friend, apparently, Toby Jones, Dylan O'Brien, uh, Jason Matsukas in a role that I would watch an entire fucking series of films uh, about. King, yep. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say, um, so what, does the, uh, what does the plot synopsis say on uh, IMDb? There's two. I'll, I'll read both of them, because I'll read the first one uh, first. Uh, a man discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from past lives. That's it. <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. The next one is a sci-fi action adaptation that examines the concept of reincarnation through remarkable visions and well-established characters who need to use their memories and past learned skills to ensure the future protected from infinites that seek to end all life on the planet. Well, that's not actually what it's about. Uh, so the idea of infinite is you have a select group of people who are born able to remember their past lives and the skills they had within their past lives. They are aware of it. Uh, and you have they are uh, the infinites and then you also have the the romans which i can't remember what they're called now the oh fuck yeah sorry i don't the edge of thoughts um sure um who basically are, 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 are ruled by um by a man credited as bathurst 2020 which i fucking love <laughs> um, <laughs> Played by Chiwetel and essentially he has created a egg <laughs> that I promise this is true <laughs> that will destroy everything because he is fed up of being reincarnated and the only way he can stop being reincarnated <laughs> is if he literally destroys existence because, I mean, like... because he's angry with God <laughs> what i will say here is in casting they cast mark Wahlberg as the i'm gonna say 37 year old reincarnation of dylan o'brien why not just swap those characters around those actors around so much more sense but what i will say is ian infinite Right? Yeah. Is this film more fun than A, it has any right to be, and B, more fun than In the Heights? 
Uh, I mean, B for me, yes. And I'll I'll stop the in the heights comparisons there because it kind yeah. of it, it would maybe feel like I was piling on. Yeah, it would feel like B, yes. B, but, but I will say that that that, that, that is because I watched these very close together. Yeah, no, I mean, no, totally, totally fair enough. Um, Mark Wahlberg is fifty years old. Um, he has no fucking place being this character in this film <laughs> he really doesn't he doesn't play it like he's supposed to be young to be fair nope. and the, uh, the the main woman in it is not a love interest she is very much her heart is with another man and that, yep. that's abs- right decision you yep. know and to be fair the film should be applauded for fucking doing that at the very least you know yep. so, um, and it's admirable that this essentially is, even if they were going to do a franchise, spoilers, Wahlberg's only going to be in this one. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and I, 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 I think that's commendable. Is it more entertaining than it has any right to be? That's a tricky one because it's directed by the guy who directed Training Day and it stars Mark Wahlberg, Juatella Giafer and Jason Manzoukis. But... It is entertaining in ways that I'm not entirely sure are intentional. No. Because uh, this... Sorry, I, I, th- I think one person is in on it. <laughs> Manzoukis is doing exactly what that fucking role requires. Yeah. He is a gender-fluid hedonist called... Um, oh, what's he fucking called? The Artisan. Uh, artisan. <laughs> Yeah, the cool. moment, the moment when somebody refers to him as a he and he goes, hey, I resent that gender, gender um, assignment. <laughs> I mean, good, good. That is top shit. It, it, you know, um, I mean, this film is as dumb as a bag of rocks. Yeah. Um, there are so many questions, but I had a number of beers before watching this had a couple of beers while watching it and had a perfectly entertaining time. It's not, it's not the second coming. You know, I, I would be surprised if I, if I ever watched it again. Um, and there are bits of it that are very, very poorly made. However, the sheer batshit insanity of what the plot actually is as Mark very well described, but you add on to that, that Mark Wahlberg knows how to make samurai swords because he used to be a samurai. <laughs> and I just go, do you know what film? Fair enough. And as Mark said as well, there is a sequence that takes place on the road outside my office, which was very distracting because as soon as they bust out of that police station, it's, yep, that's Newport Road. That's <laughs> fucking weird. And they CG'd out the Ernst Willows Weatherspoons. Good. You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, but, I, I, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's very, very silly. Yeah. But... My God, do I love Mark Wahlberg just jumping on the fucking wing of a plane and like holding on to it by shoving a samurai sword into it. Uh, good, good, 
Good times, good times. Uh, but Mark Wahlberg should not be playing this role. It is fucking ridiculous. And also, in this film, let's say he's late 30s. Yep. Like, to be generous, there's no way he could, be, he could even be passing his playing younger. Late 30s. That would mean that this film, that like the Dylan O'Brien section would have to take place in the 80s uh well 70s late the, 70s the 80s, early 80s, 80s. 80s i'll tell you why because the ferrari he is driving was released in 1984 so it i think it takes place in 1984 okay that makes me feel so, slightly better the fact that Wahlberg is playing younger than me in this film when he's mark Wahlberg and was born in 1971 no. No. He's supposed to have had a hard paper round, though, isn't he? He's been in and out of like hospitals and mental institutions since he was a certain age. Mm, yeah, I'd... Hard um, paper round. Do you know what? I will watch this film again. I know I'm you will. Absolutely <laughs> fucking blast with it. Uh, uh, the... The thing is, at the start of it, when it was ex- when, when I, I love the fact that literally the movie has a voiceover that explains the whole thing and the whole dealio. It's like two different people giving the voiceover as well. But, Sorry, but then, then, but I, but, I, but I can get behind that because the idea is it's two different versions of the people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. I just, however, yeah. However, thirty-five minutes into the movie. Sophie Cookson then basically says the same thing about Wahlberg again. Yeah. And you go, I mean, you've just told us this. This bit of exposition doesn't need to be here. The thing is, it's a stupid, it, it, it's like a fucking batshit concept. Yeah. But it's a batshit concept you can explain once and go, that makes no sense, but fine. Yeah. So to then explain it the same way, like three times. Yeah. And then, but, and then as well, during the movie, you find out, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Chiwetel Ejiofor has built a gun that fires a bullet that is basically a USB drive for the soul. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and then he keeps all these, what? In, in like a big, huge cupboard. A big, massive green cupboard. Right. And if you break this, their souls go back into the ether and they will be reborn. Yes. Right. Got it. Got it. So if the power goes out, he's fucked. (laughs) Right. But that interrogation scene with him, Ejiofor is having so much fucking fun with that character. Mm. It's brilliant. It's... It's just so much fun. Manzouk is sat there for no reason, just high on morphine, playing a guitar. I, I just the that I mean that bit where they break Wahlberg out of the fucking like interrogation room. Yeah. And then they're just fucking driving through buildings. Yeah. Like and it's like probably like a good minute. Of Wahlberg and Cookson being chased by Edgyfer while they are just driving through like desks and shit. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, it's great. But as, as well, right, there's, there's great moments where you can't explain it. So, and we're all spoilers all the time. So it turns out that the egg that they've been searching for is literally hidden inside <laughs> the body of um, of um, Treadway. Wahlberg's old, yeah. Wahlberg's previous incarnation. That the Infinites have his body basically stored just in case, right? Just in case, right? Now, that compound that they've got is stormed by Bathurst, Chuitel Edgefo's character and all, all of his minions, right? And so they, they when they find out, shit, we've got the egg inside this. What is it? For no reason whatsoever, he tells them to fly it to Scotland. For no reason at all. It's there. No, don't set it off now. Fly it to Scotland first. Which is, is fine. I'm fine with. But again, Manzoukis gets a great thing where essentially I get the logic of what they're trying to do to reboot uh, Warburg's brain is to work on the, look, when you're drowning, uh, you're dying for longer than you're supposed to die for. So you'll have more time for all of your life to flash before your eyes. And infinites, yeah. that's every life to flash before your eyes. I get the logic of that. The beauty of that is when it works, Manzoukis, as they're all walking off, going, holy shit, that worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is the thing. In that chunk of the film, what you need is 50 milligrams of Manzoukis. Yeah. And that, you know, if that was some fucking just another scientist character, you know, you would switch off. But the fact that they have Manzoukis there and then he sticks around for the rest of the film. Yeah. I am so much Super looking cute. forward to the the episode of how did this get made that is infinite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there will be one. There will be one, and you know that Mansukas is going to get somebody else from that cast on that. What is it that won't be Wahlberg? <laughs> but even Wahlberg at points doesn't seems like he's having fun he's not super serious Wahlberg he's he's almost on comedy Wahlberg you get the comedy Wahlberg face at one point um I, I do you know what this movie I, I can't even say that it's definitely not shit because I can see why it's a bit shit but it is without question a geostorm I yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Geostorm. Geostorm. There is a lot of shit in here, which I yep. think was unintentional, but fuck me, is it entertaining when it when it's on. Yeah, it is. Um, fucking, um, again, Chiwetel Ejiofor been waterboarded with gasoline because sh- he wants to shout at God. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was, was it? Okay. He's angry Ed, with God. Jiffa just fucking hates God. Oh, yeah. it's fucking brilliant, this movie. <laughs> Cheddar mind. This is definitely not shit. Might be the best film of the year. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with Geostorm, but it's a very... 
will remember this film very fondly. Uh, Bex said about Infinite, really like what I saw of Infinite, but I did miss a chunk in the middle as I fell asleep. <laughs> but not due to the movie. Good, I missed the bit I missed, and I'm going to rewatch it. I will rewatch it with Becky very soon. Nice. And um, just to say, uh, Infinite is available on Paramount Plus in the US. Uh, yep. It has no UK release date, but when it's out in UK cinemas, if the batshitness sounds appealing, it'll be worth a watch. I, I, I might actually go and watch this in the cinema as well. <laughs> and uh, when you go watch it, in the sequence where they bust out of the police station and they're on the street, I was fucking watching some of that being filmed, <laughs> which is just weird. Yeah. Oh, man. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Infinite. <laughs> Way more than anybody else, probably. I know. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. It's not one of those words where I'm like, fucking hell, of course he enjoyed it. I'm like, yeah, fucking hell, of course he enjoyed it. You know? <laughs> it's... Yeah. It is. It's, oh. it's, it's a good amount of fun. Uh, what else have you been watching this weekend? I've only got one uh, film. Um, rewatched The Father. I actually went to see The Father on the, the big screen before In the Heights. Um, I was going to watch Dream Horse. Um, and then I just thought, you know what? I want to see The Father big. It works really well. That film, I mean, obviously we reviewed it in full not very long ago but what that film does with visuals and with production design and just giving you this fucking sense of unease is brilliant and some of the micro shit that coleman and hopkins are doing it's uh it's great and i i, I noticed on this time around how mark gattis when he kind of goes a bit evil towards the end he is mirroring rufus sewell He's basically doing an impression of Rufus Sewell from earlier in the film. Yeah. And I didn't pick up on that first time round. It's just, it's it's really well done. Um, Rufus Sewell genuinely is an actor that should be a lot bigger than he fucking is. Yeah, he should. He's he should. Brilliant is that. The, the amount of presence that man has is is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, it's um, the 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 father is like really up there with my films of the year in all honesty um i i i think it's a fantastic bit of work and i think it's it's interesting that after the oscars no one's been like chadwick boseman should have won it i think it's interesting that people have gone anthony hopkins won it the way the oscars ran it was an absolute train wreck that no one seems to be debating, hey, do you know what? Hopkins actually did kind of deserve that. And I still fucking maintain Coleman would have run away with Best Supporting Actress if she hadn't already won Best Actress. She would have fucking run away with it. Yeah, she would have, yeah. Because it's, 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 she's very, very good, in it? She is so... She's fucking heartbreaking. Like, the the way she reacts to the things that Hopkins says. And the, the Hopkins Coleman Poots scene where Hopkins goes away and then Poots is talking to Coleman and just the, you know, you know, th th this is actually quite common. And Coleman, where it's like she's playing the that's supposed to comfort me, but I'm fucking dying inside because it doesn't feel common. It's just hurtful. 
But then later on, when Hopkins is saying nice things to her, and it's like it's almost like she's in the Sahara and she's just got a bottle of water, but she can't show that. It it's a fucking great film, is the father. Um, I yeah, I'm really 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 taken with it, and I left that on a high and went into In the Heights. So I was in the best mood for In the Heights. Anyway, Mark, what have you been watching this week? Well, firstly, uh, watched Naked Gun uh, from the Files of Police Squad, uh, the first Naked nice. Gun movie. Uh, nice. been, Bex um, really likes Leslie Nielsen, uh, so we, we rewatched this. Um, it, it's not my favourite uh, of the Naked Gun movies. Um, it's not aged quite as badly as you would think, although O.J. Simpson is, is in it, so that's not exactly ideal. Um, but it very much knows what it's doing. It's 85 minutes long, and it is, you know, it, it it's joke. It's not joke a minute. It literally is joke every seven or eight seconds. Mm. Um, and it's it's very good visual uh, humour. Um, we're halfway through uh, Naked Gun uh, two and a half, and I'm very much looking forward to rewatching Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Uh, because I, I had that on VHS where I watched that movie an awful lot. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Um, Excuse me. Bless Sorry. you. Um, a movie that I, I rewatched that I've not watched since I, I would say I would say 30 years it's been since I watched this movie. And the movie's only 31 years old, so I don't think I've done too bad with that. Um, but it's one that's been on uh, Netflix for for ages, and I've always scrolled by it, and then eventually. Um, me and Bex made dinner and we're like, neat, like, right, well, we need to, we need to work out what we're gonna watch now. And I happened to be on it at the time and went, right, Bex, do you wanna watch Tremors? And she's like, yeah, I'll watch nice. Um, and I remembered very little about Tremors other than it had Kevin Bacon in it and weird like ground fucking creatures. Um, Tremors is great. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's like I mean I can see you know often with like these movies that that attain like a cult status, um, attain them for certain reasons, um, and often it's because they're crap, or often it's because uh, they have something within them that is good, but the rest of it is just quite tiresome. Tremors isn't. It, it's ninety five minutes long, and it's it's pretty much entertaining throughout it. The story is quite basic but is well done the the acting works for it within the movie is it the best acting out there no is it objectively bad no not really it's just ott but it's about essentially prehistoric life forms that burrow underground um i like the fact they kill the first one by literally it running itself into a concrete block is 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 really quite interesting the the way that it plays with um like the the whole idea of how these creatures um can move and how they learn and they can understand and bits like that is really quite interesting they get smarter as the as the film goes on um it's got enough gore in it that it's it's fun, but it's not overtly gory that it makes you go, oh, oh, oh. 
throughout it. It's just an awful lot of fun. Um, and Kevin Bacon is is in good form, as is Fred Ward. Um, I don't think it's quite convinced me that I should watch the other, what is it, five movies there is. So there's, yeah, Aftershocks, Back to Perfection, The Legend Begins, Bloodlines, A Cold Day in Hell, and Shrieker Island, which came out last year. Yeah, it, it it seems like one of those ones that never quite dies, but never quite comes back. Yeah, uh, and I think part of it, it never comes back because I'm looking at the, you know, when you have like franchises and on Wikipedia, it gives you like a, the cast thing. So it gives you like a, a list of the films across and then the actors down the side and shows you, you know, how many of the movies they've been in. But it's done mm. it for this. And there's literally no point whatsoever. Because it lists like loads of different uh, characters and then the actor that played them. But there's only literally like three actors that have been in more than one of them. Yeah. Um, so Michael Goss has been in all of them, playing majoritively one character, but some but in in one of the films he plays a different character. Um Jamie Kennedy was in two. And Fred Ward was in two. That's it. Okay. Wow. Yep. That that kind of feels like give it a few years and Blumhouse will do something with it. Yeah, and Bacon will be will be back for that. Uh, let's see. There was a thing that said future of Tremors. So let's see if there's anything that says anything about it. Because Kevin Bacon's quite nice about it. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, both saying that they that 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 they're hoping another one will happen at, at some point. Um, uh, but it's it 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 probably won't be with Universal. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, so you could see that maybe go into. Yeah, it'd be nice if something like that happened with like Bloomhouse and that got bought and they did something sort of interesting with that. Um, let's move on to our final uh main review. Of the evening, um, we all went to see uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Um, I think we were we were all um, fans of of the first one. I think I, I really enjoyed it. I think you enjoyed it enough for it to be. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. well enough. Yeah. Um, so this is the sequel. Uh, it's directed by uh, Patrick Hughes, stars Ryan Reynolds, uh, Samuel Jackson, Selma Hayek, Frank Grillo, um, Antonio Vanderez, Morgan Freeman, and Richard E. Grant. Um, and what's the synopsis? Um, the bodyguard Michael Brace continues his friendship with assassins Darius Kincaid as they try to save Darius's wife Sonia. I mean, that isn't actually what it's about. So well done on that. So let's look. Let's read the other one from IMDb. The world's most lethal odd couple, bodyguard Michael Bryce and hitman Darius Kincaid, are back on another life-threatening mission. Still unlicensed and under scrutiny, Bryce is forced into action by Darius's even more volatile wife, the infamous international con artist Sonia Kincaid. As Bryce is driven over the edge by two most dangerous protectees, the trio get in over their heads in a global plot and soon find that they are all that stand between Europe and a vengeful, powerful madman joining in on the fun and the deadly mayhem is Morgan Freeman. Uh, well, you'll have to wait and see. That is literally Lion Gate's synopsis. Nice. Yeah. Um, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. 
Ian, the first one is an action comedy. This one is a comedy action movie, isn't it? Yeah, that's 100% fair to play, uh, to say. I mean, the the action in the film is fine. You know, there's nothing really that barnstorming me, about it. But what this does is just ratchets up the we don't really give a fuck. No one's taking any of this seriously. Like we kind of know it's just the actors having a jolly in Italy, but fuck it. And I'm fine with that. I had an absolute blast with this. Uh, If in the Heights is one of my disappointments of the year so far, this is one of my surprises. I laughed throughout pretty much the entire thing and my standards for comedy have been well explored on this show um but the salma hayek is a fucking riot in this she is very 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 funny i think that the little asides that ryan reynolds has work well enough and i think that the fact that that I think they do a really good job in him not just being like a badass, you know, like throughout mo- a lot of this film, he does, he contrib- contributes like nothing to the action sequences because that's part of the plot of the film. Um, and he's just, he's just being Ryan Reynolds here, but not, not, not in the Deadpool meta way either, you know, like he's, He's more charming here than he is in Deadpool. Um, and then you've got Samuel L. Jackson just kind of being the straight man to the two of them. And that that's great, you know, and I, I think he does a really good job. It's, I mean, the, these are actors who understand the assignment more often than not, you yeah. know, and they, they know what they're here for. And it's, I don't know, it's interesting because a lot of the reviews for this film so far have been very, very, this is fucking shit. And I don't get that. I mean, you know, do, do, do different you know what it strokes. Is? I, I, hmm. I hate to say this because I hate to use this, what is it? But this is one of, one of those ones where the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes will be like a rated rotten 29% and the audience score will be a fresh 74%. Yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. It. It did this, this. This is the thing. It's like film Twitter is going to be insufferable for. I mean, it's insufferable at the, the best of times, but it's going to be insufferable for me this weekend because it's a lot going to be a lot of people talking about how In the Heights is amazing and anyone who doesn't think so is an idiot, and. People saying anyone who likes it, 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 man's wife's bodyguard is an idiot for liking it. Yeah, and that that that's gonna be what it is. Yeah. Um. I, I, but, I, yeah. I, I'm used to taking these bullets. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Bless you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you. Yeah. You are. And um. Yeah. I just. I had a. I, I had a laugh throughout the entire thing, and I thought the end of the film. Like, if there's another one, and they fucking. They build on that. 
The, the thing is, you see it coming. You know yeah, it's you coming. Really you know do. what he's saying. You really do. As well. And the fact that, that he doesn't know it and he thinks it's something else. And then she just... <laughs> all spoilers all the time. The idea between the film is that, um, that Salma Hayek really wants to start a family and have a kid with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, and... The thing is that he can't because he was shot in the nuts, it turns out, by Ryan Reynolds. Um, but that's the whole thing that she wants to have a kid. Then she realises that, that, that they can't have kids, so she adopts Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it's just a, it's like the mid-credits scene where they and he's steering the boat and then he doesn't say anything and he just fucking walks off the boat <laughs> you've got the thing is like you say it's you've got great moments of, of Ryan Reynolds just he's literally there essentially is as, as like the comic relief for the whole thing in a movie that has that where everybody is kind of playing comic relief for it, but then you've got even like the side actors, Frank Grillo as a angry Interpol agent who oh, just wants God. to get back to Boston. Boston, <laughs> and he's called Bobby O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, and there's a bit, there's a bit in it where he punches Ryan Reynolds in the face, and then Ryan Reynolds is literally saying, we need to listen to this man. Have you seen how hard he hits? <laughs> and then the rest of it is him just not wanting to get punched by <laughs> Frank Grillo again. Oh, dear. The, I will, the, the sequence of him, uh, uh, of Ryan Reynolds' face... When Salma Hayek is talking about how tight her pussy is, <laughs> and that he's yeah. that Samuel Jackson's bitch swimmers can't get up there, is yeah. she is just she is so much fun in this movie, and the fact that a whole crux of part of the movie is based around the um, <laughs> around the movie Overboard, yeah. Yeah, I, I, oh god, and then Antonio Banderas is like, you think I did not recognise this from the, the plot of the film Overboard? A minor classic. <laughs> but yeah, but then you've got Samuel L. Jackson, uh, you've got uh, Morgan Freeman playing um, Ryan Reynolds' dad. <laughs> yeah. It's... It, uh... Go on, sorry. It's it's just a lot of fun and it is relentless how fast this pay, this movie goes. You think you you know from watching the trailer, you know that the um the scene in therapy is going to be the opening scene in the movie. You know that, mm. but then you don't think that literally two minutes later we're going to be introduced to Salma Hayek. No, it, like, it, you know, like like a ten minute bit of him getting used to not being a, a bodyguard but no just gets into it yeah gets into it and then just throws you around uh of just Salma Hayek just shouting obscenities 
and Ryan Reynolds, like you say, not getting to do anything badass. And then the one time he does anything badass, it is literally a lithium hallucination. (laughs) (laughs) That cut to him just snoring on the fucking steering wheel. Well, it's just like... He, you're a really. He's just like he's a very good driver, and he just cut. Oh, it's great. It is. It, it, it very much is. They. It's it's such a fun movie that is reveling in how fun it is. This movie is only trying to entertain the people it knows will be entertained by it, and I like that about it. Yeah, it, it is. It's taking a risk of going. Do you know what? A lot of people who are going to think this is shit. But the ones who are liking it and who are on board with it are going to be so entertained that they're going to fucking love it. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really glad that they they held this. Like, being able to see this in a cinema and just have a good time laughing my ass off i mean it was only me and like a group of three other people quite a bit further back but i had a great time i laughed a shitload and yeah. uh yeah I, I was i i was the same i laughed an awful lot um genuinely the fact that it's only that it, it gets in and gets its shit done before credits in about 95 minutes yeah um there's a possibility that if that because what's out this week it's a fairly quiet week isn't it um, in the earth and luca but luca's not even getting a cinema release yeah. so yeah. i mean there's, in the heights is actually out we just saw preview yeah. but yeah there's every chance that i might go and see this again on sunday morning <sighs> yeah i'll tell you what if the imax was as close to me as your imax is it's it's got like one sh- showing a day at the IMAX down the down Cardiff Bay and I mean I was I was annoyed that this isn't did this wasn't playing in IMAX yesterday because I would have I would have gone to see that um I don't blame you I don't blame you um <laughs> I, I mean I'm, I'm going to see Dog Tanyon and the Three Musketeers with Lottie at the weekend but you know you see Hitman's Bodyguard you're gonna have a better time uh, yeah and I, I would say you know it's got Antonio Banderas playing a Greek man called Aristotle who who wants to essentially destroy Europe because it, it it's been mean to Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I just I like I love the way that Morgan Freeman turncoat thing is. You are the dumbest fucking person I've ever I've ever met. I'm the head of his security in Italy. Of course <laughs> you know, of course I am. Yeah. It's it just sells him out. Yeah, down to to the constant way that Salma Hayek says Bryce by saying Breeze. Breeze. She genuinely thinks that his name is just Breeze. Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't know it's Michael. (laughs) Yeah. His character in this is, is, is very different to his character in the first one. In the first one, he's a very competent guy. In this one, he keeps getting hit by cars. Oh, my God. Just when fucking... It's Samuel L. Jack... When Salma Hayek just, like, gets in the car 
and just runs him over. <laughs> and, then he's, and then she just puts him in the boot, and it's like, I saved you from sunstroke. And he's like, <laughs> sunstroke? Good. It's a good time. It's it's yes. a very, very, very fucking good time. And it's it's it, it's unapologetically stupid. Show me a sign. And there's a literal sign. He's like, well, yeah, we got that kind of sign. Though. And then there's three more signs. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, it does stuff that's dumb. But why not? This is the problem with it. It's comedy doesn't have to constantly be, be smart or satirical. Occasionally, it can just be a bit fucking dumb. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. And this is dumb. It's Hitman's wife bodyguard is somehow stupid, fast and furious. <laughs> yeah, that's and the fair. fast and furious movies are fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, definitely not shit. Uh, loved every fucking second of it. Yeah, definitely not shit. Really, really pleased with it. Best one we reviewed this week. Yep. Uh, our audience poll. Definitely not shit. Sixty-seven percent. Uh, and shit, 33%. Yeah, okay. Uh, we have one question, I believe. Uh, after being wrong-footed by Killian Murphy's character in A Quiet Place 2, not turning out to be a villain, what other film characters surprise you by turning out to not be a villain? It's a tricky one, this, isn't it? Um, I mean, the, the first obvious one is... Every character that Ben Foster has ever played that wasn't a villain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just as easily say any film where Danny Houston doesn't turn out to be the bad guy. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of like the actual character turning out to not be the bad guy, it's... um, I mean, I suppose you've got ones where... like. I don't know, serial killer films or something like that, you know. Um, I mean, I was genuinely surprised at the time that Randy wasn't the one, like a killer slash the killer in Scream. You know, I I, I was fucking convinced that he was going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, just because like they, he's obvious, like, because he's obviously not. And then I thought he was going to be. So it was actually a legit shock to me that, that he wasn't, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I get, I get the feeling that, that, that somehow there's a really fucking obvious one that we're missing. Yeah. yeah. Um, out there that that, 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 that that literally that people who are listening are going are just screaming at us right now, like we would be if we were listening to this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to think. Um. Because there is one that I know that you go, I'm surprised he wasn't a dick in it. He just turned out to be a nice guy. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that, that, that was, it is one of those things, I think, there. I mean, you also have like, the opposite of that when someone turns out to be a villain uh, of, of that. Ah, um, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to come back to this next week because I'm going to have to think on this one. Mm, it's going to eat away my brain if I don't. Uh, Talking of next week, Ian, what are we covering next mm. week? So quite the double bill next week, I believe. Uh, we've got Ben Wheatley's new one, In the Earth. Very much looking forward to that. 
and yep. uh, Pixar's latest, Luca, which is a film. Apparently, yeah. Um, it's such an oddity they did the whole Pixar. Pixar it just, it's about three days before it comes out. There is like no social media word on it whatsoever. Yeah, there's nothing. Which just makes me wonder, you know. And also, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's kind of like infinite in a way where this stuff just coming out on streaming, the non-event status that these things now have by not having a big screen release you know it just i i i it's really really uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what that means for for like the future of of big uh, of films and whatnot because i'll be honest i reckon you probably have more awareness around at the moment of the hitman's wife's bodyguard than you do luca because yeah. it's in the fucking cinema yeah and uh yeah i i I don't know i i wonder i mean infinite like that has been and gone in terms of in terms of like coverage on on you know film twitter it's a lot of us folks and it's gone you know luca is gonna be fucking uh, it's gonna evaporate as soon as fast nine comes out next week like basically luca has about six days or so of any kind of social media heat and then here comes fast nine yeah yeah and it's and people at pixar are apparently pissed off that their films are now just basically disney bit like disney plus big ticket exclusives and i i can see that because it it a pixar film five years ago felt like an event luca doesn't feel like an event it just feels like this week's disney plus uh, content along with the new episode of loki they've turned them into tv movies yeah it's weird it's very very odd and you know this is the thing it's like this weekend if it came out in cinemas this weekend you know in terms of a family audience it's got fuck all competition it would Mm -hmm. do I would, like the weather, I think, is supposed to turn a bit this weekend as well. Yep. You know, I mean, like obviously you can't legislate for that, but it would do, it would do well, you know. And in in instead, it's just okay. It's another thing to watch. Like, I'll, obviously, I'll watch it on Disney Plus this weekend, but I'm not that hyped for it. It's like Friday night, I've got England versus Scotland. Saturday, I'll probably watch In the Earth. So Luca becomes a, yeah, I might watch it like with don on sunday i suppose it it will it's it will be pixar my sunday film. morning breakfast movie yeah and it i it's a pixar film like but hey that that that's it that's where we are you know um but yeah it it, it just doesn't it, it doesn't feel like an event infinite wasn't an event films that now basically films that don't come out in cinemas are not going to be events they're just going to be fucking content and this is someone who's tuned into films saying this but then like you say the hitman's wife's bodyguard it's there was people in my screen of that it was quite cool 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 that's it. I don't know. It's just it's. Yeah, it's it's odd, and it's obviously part of a wider conversation. But it's so weird, you know, when Beasts of No Nation came out on Netflix, and it's well, well, now Netflix are doing original films. That's huge, and all it all that kind of path seems to have led to is just chuck things at like chuck things out we'll give them promotion for like that two days and then they're just on our streaming service ad infinitum hmm. it's sad you know I, but, then it, you go, it, you go, but then now you got fast nine and then a 10 and 11 apparently now Yes, quite. Yeah, but that's that's the thing, you know. Fast Nine's going to come out next Thursday, and that thing is going to fucking dominate the oh, conversation. Yeah. And you see it on Thursday. Oh uh, yeah, I'll see it next Thursday. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and you know it's going to dominate the conversation because it's out there. It's got eyeballs all over the marketing, and you know you you can market these things to say, Luca, on Disney Plus this weekend. You can literally watch it now. And it becomes, oh, yeah, I'll just stick it. Yeah, I'll stick it on. You know, even the whole kind of like, I'm going to go to the cinema and spend dedicated time watching this. It, it You know, it, it's not going to be there. We're going to release it two weeks after a kid's holiday and three weeks before another kid's holiday. It's bizarre. It makes no sense. By the way, it I feels like we were... it's being dumped. Sorry. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does, which which makes you think, why? Um, I can see why they dumped Soul on on Christmas Day because it, it it could be marketed as, look, here is our Disney Christmas gift to you. Here is Soul. This film's going to win Best Animated Film at the Oscars. That felt like it felt something different. This feels like they're dumping a movie on Disney Plus the middle of June. Yeah, it's bizarre. It, it's one, bizarre. The one we were missing that I think we couldn't think of, uh, of I can't believe mm. that didn't turn out to be a villain, mm. Gary Oldman is serious black in the Harry Potter movies. Good shout that. Even though I, I'd read the book, so I knew he wasn't going to be, but that's a good answer if you didn't read the books. Yeah, where he does books. Yep. Very good. Uh, right, yeah, so that was episode... I forgot I was hosting it. Um, <laughs> that was episode 402. Um, we will be back next week, uh, hopefully as, uh, as, as three of us, uh, if, 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 if my darling wife hasn't left me. Um, and, yeah, uh, thank you much for listening, guys, and we shall speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.